ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, July 11th. Your drive begins now. ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're here until 6 o'clock. We're going to get those texts in this hour, 304-396-TALK. That is 304-396-8255. We've been having um, some interesting days around here, keeping up, trying to figure out who said what, who did what with the Bob Huggins saga. This is this is getting ridiculous, is it not? Absolutely ridiculous. If you have, I guess the the best way to describe this is if you have such a series of missteps in your career, there's no way you're going to be able to recover from this that are self-inflicted. And of course, Bob Huggins firing back, doubling down, saying, "Look, I I didn't resign." I didn't resign. I want to finish out. I want to be the head coach. I'm employed by the university. University's firing back. No, you resigned. So that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Says he coach is going to stay in rehab, which I hope is the truth here. I really want to see him get all the help he can get. And I'm not playing favorites. I want to see anyone get help. If you're in a situation Similar to this, I want to see you get help. And so if you can get yourself back to a point where things make sense and you can function and not have these problems in your life, whatever those problems may be, I I hope he gets his help. But as it stands right now, this is ridiculous how this is playing out. His legacy is on fire right now. What legacy will he be known for? Will it be his basketball successes? And maybe down the line, you might remember him a little bit more for those basketball successes. Or is he going to be remembered for all of these missteps and all of these allegations and all of these problems that he's bringing upon himself to some degree? And of course, the whole Bob Huggins is at war with West Virginia University. That narrative, no one saw that coming. And so we'll talk more about it today. I've got coming on the show here in the next few minutes. I'm looking forward to this. Friend of the program from the Cincinnati Inquirer. It's been a uh, it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to get him on, but been looking for like a good reason to get him on. And that is from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Jason Williams. And so he's going to join us on the program here in a little bit. And we're going to talk about one. I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's part of what I wanted to talk to him about. But the other thing I wanted to talk to him about was, of course, you know, his time covering UC, also covering UC when Bob Huggins was there. And all of this really started... Now, I qualify that by saying all of this really started when it came to Bob Huggins being called up on a Cincinnati radio talk show right out of the blue and you know what happened he said some things he shouldn't have said that offended a lot of people and we started going down this path so i think that's where we're at right now when it comes to bob huggins he's starting to go down a path that really we hope that he can get himself back out of just as you know hoping that this 
human being, this person, forget about all the sports stuff. Just the fact that it, it seems like he's getting bad advice or he's got a grudge against West Virginia or there's something going on. I don't know what. But absolutely interested in talking a little bit more about it today with some people who are, you know what? They've seen him from different angles. This, this isn't the first time they've seen Bob Huggins maybe in a, uh, a similar situation. So we'll do that. We'll get your text in as well, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We have Marshall Baseball to talk about as well. The draft continues, and Marshall University junior pitcher Zach Atkinson Drafted with the 461st pick in the 15th round of the 2023 MLB Draft today by the San Diego Padres. He's going to be on the show with us tomorrow. He's coming up about 545. And then earlier in the show tomorrow, Marshall University junior pitcher Patrick Copen selected 203rd overall in the 7th round. I'm sorry, um, 220th pick. Corey Bird was selected 203rd in the seventh round in 2016. So this is the highest pick since Bird was drafted in 2016. So 220th pick, seventh round in the draft. Patrick Copen joins us about 515. So that's what we've got coming up. We'll get your text in as well, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Get your text in now. We'll go over everything with you. You can also find me on Twitter. That's right, Twitter, still a thing, right now at least, at Paul Swan. We'll talk Cincinnati Bengals football. We'll talk Bob Huggins. We'll talk about Marshall baseball as well. All that's coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. we got to go big time now here. We're stepping up in guest quality. Joining us on the program now, he is the sports columnist at the Cincinnati Inquirer. You can also read his work on Cincinnati.com. He has covered UC basketball for the now defunct Cincinnati Post. He did that from 2001 to 2004. Those are the Bob Huggins years. And if Bob Huggins was still there, maybe the post would still be there. He is a friend of the program, Jason Williams. You know, it's 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 Huggins' fault because if he was still there, maybe the post would still be there. What do you think? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Uh, as uh, you and I just talked about, uh, it's, it's a little challenging in the media environment these days. And certainly uh, it, it's funny to think uh, the afternoon newspaper – it's just funny to think, like, I started my career at the afternoon newspaper, and you tell people that now, and it's like, what the heck was that? And I'm I'm not that old. Like, I'm not – I'm 47, so I, I don't know. Maybe I am old, but uh, – No, no, stop yeah, that. Was, uh... Stop that. I'm 51. No, stop that right now. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, it's great to be on your show, man. I love the I, I love listen, the fact... uh, listen to... I mean, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I love the fact that um... – yeah, you're in Cincinnati. You know, we've been following each other independently for years, and the fact that we know some of the same people is super cool. And that you're you're a big Marshall guy as well. That's the fun thing about yeah. you. 
Well, I love I love the herd. I love herd football. I'm a season ticket holder, uh, big green member. Uh, it's funny. I, it's the only. It's the only. I covered politics for several years uh, for the Cincinnati Enquirer and Cincinnati.com, and uh, I always like to pride myself on that the only thing I'm a member of, the only thing in the whole world that I have, I am a paying member of, is the Big Green uh, Scholarship Foundation. Uh, I'm 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 on the lower level, but uh, I I love Marshall. My uh, I did not go there. I went to the University of Cincinnati. But uh, it is my connection to home. I grew up in Gallipolis, and uh, um, you know my brother went to Marshall, and we—it's a special thing for he and I. He's nine years younger than me, and he's a police officer in Columbus, and you know we don't get to see each other a lot because his hours are crazy. And uh, but we connect over Marshall football, and and we go to most of the home games together, and uh, it's a special thing for us, and it's our connection back home, and. Uh, man, I just love the herd and it's, I probably am, I'm probably into it way too much for a guy who has two kids and a wife and a mortgage. And I, I spend probably uh, way too much time stressing about, uh, the games and my wife gets on me when they lose cause I'm in a bad mood and, but it's the only, only team that I'm a true, true fan of. Um, I just, uh, I love herd football, man. Do you get those funny looks? I know you sport the herd gear when you're you're out and about. Do you get those funny looks? Um, you know, I, no, I usually don't get, but I, I almost always, uh, and I have like a little herd sticker on my truck. Um, but you know, I you know, I honestly, I, I got so much herd gear, like it's half of my closet, and so I wear it a lot. And usually, almost every time I'm out, um it's either one of two things people think, uh, Oh, Hey, like, are you a supporter of Mason high school? Because Ma- Mason's a big high school here where Kings Island is. And pe- and they have kind of the same M. And so people are like, Oh, are you, are you like a Ma- Mason supporter? I'm like, no, this is Marshall. Or it's the other way around. People will walk by or they'll be and say, go herd or we are Marshall or whatever. So, um, I, I just always, I find it fascinating that, you know, Cincinnati, uh, it's not that far away, and the you know the brand is still certainly recognizable here. But I think it could be bigger here, to be honest with you. And, and that's not a criticism of the athletic department. I know they're doing something with the Reds here coming up. So I think that's great, and um, I'm very supportive of Coach Huff and um, what he's doing to really and uh, you know Brad Smith, uh, Christian Spears. I think they're really raising the bar and. You know, the branding of Marshall, I think, could be much better. And I think they would say that, too. And that's really the charge I think they've really taken on and are and are trying to grow the brand. And I think it's awesome. Okay, I'm going to clue you in. Yeah. Somebody in the athletic department is listening. Somebody. Okay. So if you've got suggestions, now's the time. Drop them. Somebody will hear that. Okay. <laughs> uh well, I, I just think that I think I see I see, still see like too many of the old logos around, and and and, I, and I'm and I'm probably more detail oriented than than most people. I think there's a lot of, and I know it takes a lot of money to do it, but I think and I know that there's been efforts to do it. But I think you could create this whole mixed use development around the unit around around the football stadium and. And I know it's a new baseball stadium. That's great. And uh, but uh, that whole property on the other side of the indoor practice facility really, I think, should be an outdoor practice facility for football. And 
and then a hotel across the street from that at the old what ACF site. And 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 I know that there's it's it's hard. And I covered I I covered business earlier in my career, and I know like cleaning up brownfields is a real challenge and very expensive. But I see a lot of potential there. I, I think uh, the athletic department is really looking forward. I think for the first time under Christian Spears in a long time. And I, I know that those are all things on his radar. So, but, you know, I, I know he's also trying to clean up, like there, there, there's still a little bit of, you know, like I even like things like this, like you look at, you look at the, the press box facade and it's like, can you not change the signage there? Like, I mean, that helmet on the press box facade was, that's like a 1990s helmet, you know? So I don't know. There's just a lot of things that can be done around the stadium. And again, I know that, you know, the new video boards coming in and, um, you know, there's a lot of, lot of, you know, redoing the bathrooms. That's all, those are all projects on the, on the runway. I, I think those are all very important projects. You know, like I look at, I, I even told my brother this, like, you know, in the big green room, like the tile by the elevator is like, that's like the logo from 1992 and, you know, things like that to me. And I, and again, maybe I'm just, I notice these things more because just the background I have. But I think things like that and, you know, those little little touch-ups go a long way. And I, and I know it's a daunting project for the new athletic administration and the new administration of the university because I think Marshall was really far behind on those things. So it's like, oh, yeah, you got to get to that. Oh, yeah, there's this, there's that, there's this. And certainly I think uh, what Marshall's doing now with the leadership it has is uh, the baseball stadium. And But to me, like – I don't, I don't, and, and, and again, like this isn't anything, like I couldn't tell you much about baseball or basketball or any other sport there. Like I'm all football. And I think the the landscape of college or landscape of college athletics is it's, it's football, football, football. And if you're not investing in football, then yeah, you, it doesn't matter what else you're investing in because uh, football drives the bus. And I think it's only going to get more and more like that is this, I don't know, this, this big two of the sec and the big 10 comes along and, you know, and everyone else is fighting for the rest of the scraps or the money that's out there. So, um, but I think Marshall's really moving in the right direction, carving its niche, building its brand again, the way it was in the nineties and um, early two thousands. And I see some really positive things happening there. So that's going to get back to the athletic department somehow, some way. So, well, I mean, I'm, I'm just a fan, you know, I, uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, like, I don't, I mean, you know, when I, when I did, when I, you know, add it all up, like, you know, I spend, you know, several hundred dollars over the year with tailgating and parking and, uh, you know, my season tickets and the low level big green. So I'm not some big, like, uh, big wheeled, powerful person donor type of thing, but I, I, I do feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more more than your average diehard fan because i could tell you pretty much the entire roster and i study it and i go over who's going to play where and who's not going to be there who's transferring in and who's who we recruited and um you know what coaches are coming and going and what the trends are of, of the herd and so you know i'm very i watch it very very closely so you know I, I would consider myself a diehard herd fan but i'm certainly not any any you know more important than the thousands of other diehard herd fans that you know pretty much show up uh, every Saturday. From the Cincinnati Enquirer, the sports columnist there, Jason Williams, who isn't a who is a big deal, who's with me now in the program. 
<laughs> no, I no, I think it's cool. It's super cool that you can carry that fandom all the way from you know where you grew up. It's your team. You are covering sports in Cincinnati. You cover that on a daily basis, but you use Marshall sort of, okay, I'm a fan here. It's sort of like me, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm more of a fan of the Bengals, whereas Marshall's sort of the job. For you, Cincinnati sports, exactly. that's the job. Marshall's the fandom, which I think is really cool. But yeah, you've got some unique perspectives as well because I wanted to talk to you about Corey Dillon, and we're going to get into that in a second. But I know you've been following the Bob Huggins situation. You covered Bob yeah. for many years, and it all started this downhill spiral. I mean, there were some trends that maybe things weren't going well in his in his world, but the death spiral began in Cincinnati on Cincinnati Radio. Yeah, yeah and really, if you go back, uh, you know, several years before that, I covered. Uh, I had just left before he got in his uh, first DUI here in Cincinnati. Um, I'd gone to Minnesota to cover baseball at that time, but I left a year before that. But, you know, I, I covered his heart attack. And I remember thinking, like, when he had a massive heart attack in the Pittsburgh airport, I'm like, I just remember thinking, like, you know, he really needs to make a lot of changes. And uh, is he going to be able to bounce back and continue to coach for many years? And certainly he did. And, um, but I always kind of wondered, like, is he going to change some things about his lifestyle? And, um, just, you know, hard charging, uh, you know, basketball, 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 and very little perspective on kind of the outside world. And I understand like, it's sort of the life of, uh, you know, college coaches and, but I don't know, maybe it's a little different today, uh, than it used to be, but he's still kind of operating, I think under, um, the way it used to be. And certainly I, I th- I think with Bob, like he always kind of wanted to create this little fiefdom around him, and it happened here in Cincinnati. And they're still a very loyal, die-hard uh, following that he has here. And and I- I'll tell you, Paul, like it- it's still you'll still see it. You don't see it as much as after he left, but you'll still occasionally see like uh, you know cars around town that have WV stickers on it and a Bearcat sticker like next to it or below it or whatever above it. And, you know, it always makes me wonder, like, is that, was that a former or is that someone who was upset about Bob Huggins leaving here? And, you know, like, it's just, it's really a sad situation. And I, I, I can't say that I'm surprised by it. Um, but uh, like, I've really tried to think of this in the just because I cover Cincinnati sports, but I've tried to think of it, and also someone who you know grew up next to West Virginia, and certainly have my my dad's from uh, Cabell County, Milton. Um, uh, I've tried to think of it in the context of the people of West Virginia too, like you know, he's somebody who fancies himself as someone who looks out for West Virginians and someone who looks out for the greater good of of the state. And it's like, what are you doing, man? Like you've made this all about you and all those things you said and all those things that you've done over these years. And he's done a lot of good, but it's like, why are you, why are you throwing that away or, or risking throwing that away? Um, I don't know. Ultimately, like it, it, it just, the whole thing is just really weird. And yet it's not that surprising. My guest from the Cincinnati Enquirer, 
a hometown boy, Jason Williams, and covered Bob Huggins for several years in Cincinnati and, of course, still follows West Virginia basketball as well from afar, following the entire state. With all of his problems now and his war against West Virginia, it seems, do you think that he's ever going to be able to step foot on a basketball court again, not only in Morgantown, but maybe in Cincinnati? Because I know there will be times where you want to honor some of the teams that Bob Huggins were uh, was a part of, honor some of those accomplishments, but you really can't do it now. He's almost become toxic. Yeah. I thought this very thing, and I thought about it just, you know, again, from the, the local standpoint of would, would at least right now and trying to think out, you know, five years from now or three years from now or whatever, like would the University of Cincinnati have some kind of reunion um, and want to bring him back? I just can't see it. I really can. So knowing that I can't see that for Cincinnati, uh, I certainly I don't think I could see it for West Virginia uh, University. And certainly what he's doing now and the fight that's going on there, um, I, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to fathom seeing him ever step foot back on a basketball court or any, or, or, or even obviously coaching, I think is done, but even like for some reunion, like, and I don't know, time heals things and people, you know, what did Bobby Knight went back to Indiana at some point in recent years. Uh, but, you know, I, I I, I don't know, like, but, but I also feel like it's like, again, I can't keep going back to like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I, I there's a lot of, a lot of thoughts that are going through my head right now. And if you think about Woody Hayes or uh, Bobby Knight, even, and it's like, like no one is bigger than the university. And that's what happened to him here in Cincinnati. He ultimately was not bigger than the university. And that's what's happened in West Virginia. He's ultimately not bigger than the university. And he has an attitude that he is, or at least was, and or at least it seems like he still has that attitude. And he certainly had that attitude here. I mean, he brought Cincinnati basketball back from, you know, being really an embarrassment and build it up to being the prominent basketball program that it uh, once was, and but but never won a national championship, and never to this day has won a national championship. And so if, you know, Bobby Knight at Indiana who won a national championship and Woody Hayes at Ohio State, I'm not, I'm not comparing the transgressions that necessarily, like, just different situations, but ultimately the bigger picture is uh, you are not bigger than the university. Um, and I, I think the West Virginia University is letting that be known now, and uh, as well they should. My guest covers everything in Cincinnati, and he's a big Herd fan. He is Jason Williams from the Cincinnati Inquirer. And, of course, your day job includes covering the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I originally wanted to spend a lot of time with is about the latest Corey Dillon saga. It always se- yeah. Here's another guy that seems to make it about himself a little bit more than the team, and it's Corey Dillon. I kind of felt like the other day when this started to come out and I was learning a little bit more about what his beef was, I thought, okay, I think he definitely should get proper consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Talented player. You know, you should make it, yeah, there's a case for him there. But then you wrote a column that completely turned me, you know, the opposite direction as far as the Ring of Honor because he's upset that it's a fan driven vote and you 
correctly pointed out, that's the point of it. Right. Well, you know, he's upset. He went to the uh, athletic. Paul Daner Jr. is a friend of mine. is a reporter for the athletic, uh, covers the Bengals, and, uh, you know, basically just blasted the whole process that the Bengals have created of uh, picking their, their ring of honor. And what people need to understand is the Bengals, for years, like, dismissed their fans. And there was always the reputation of the Bengals where they don't care about their fans. Well, the Bengals are obviously different now. And, um, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the things that's made them different is in, uh, that they created this ring of honor and they allowed their season ticket holders to be the, the voters, which I think is really cool. And the ring of honor is, you know, it's sort of like the team hall of fame and they pick two, two players or two former players, obviously two former players every year. They, you know, they do a ceremony at a game and then you get your name put up on a facade inside the stadium forever. And uh, Corey Dillon, but apparently he knows something we don't. He was one of the nominees this year, 13 nominees. Um, and it hasn't been announced yet. So I, I don't know. I, I don't want to assume anything. I don't know if he's been told that he did not win the voting, the voting end in early June. Um, but nonetheless, uh, he thinks he deserves to be in that. And look, probably does. He's the all-time leading rusher in Bengals history. But is it is it just about uh, your statistics? So if it were just about your statistics on the field, then yes, certainly I think you are a member of the Hall of Fame, but it's a it's a popularity vote. The season ticket holders get to call the shot, and uh, this is a this is a different town now than when he played here. Uh, the Bengals are as popular as they maybe they've ever been. They are as beloved as they've maybe ever been uh, in their entire history in Cincinnati, and. Uh, you know, I think it's a great thing the Bengals let let their fan, let their season ticket holders vote for the Ring of Honor, and whatever he wants to say about that, uh, that that's the that that is the uh, that's the vote, and it is a popularity contest. And so my argument was in, in the, the the language for the Ring of Honor voting or for the what gets you into the Ring of Honor is very vague on the uh, website Bengals.com. And it basically just says the best of the best. Well, is that best of the best on the field? Is that best of the best off the field? You know, and so in my column last week on Cincinnati.com, I said, you know, uh, is that the best player at your position? Is that being a top contributor on a winning team or a winning era? Is that also being a great ambassador for the team on and off the field? Well, I, I think, you know, I know, if I were a voter, I would take all those things into consideration. And everyone who's in there right now, really filled out all three of those. Well, if you're looking at Corey Dillon, uh, you can't deny his statistics, but uh, certainly in terms of being a great ambassador on and off the field, no. Uh, being a top contributor on a winning team or a winning era, no. Uh, they never had a winning record in the seven seasons here. And when you get back to the fans or the voters, uh, I, I can't help but think that they're like sitting here thinking like, well, look, remember all those issues of you throwing your shoulder pads and helmet in the stands and you demanding a trade and you saying you're so, you so much don't want to play here that you'd rather quote flip burgers rather than play for the Bengals. And now you're coming out and you're blasting the process of us making the vote here. Um, you know, he left here, he demanded a trade and the Bengals traded him uh, to new England. And so when you take all that into consideration, statistics, undeniably, if the, if the whole thing was just about your performance on the field, 
then no doubt. But it's it's an open-ended thing, and it's left to the the season ticket holders to vote for it. And I know you know how fans are. Like, oh yeah, I, I'm a fan. I want I'm going to take all these things into consideration. And uh, I, you know, he's one for three in at least the criteria that I kind of laid out. And those, that's just my own thoughts on it. Again, it's the the criteria is very vague, but I, I got I'm trying to think like a fan would think, and uh, I think it'd be hard to put him in over a lot of other people right now. I think he'll eventually get in, um, but um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he deserves it the way the way that uh, it ended here, the way it went here, the way now he's still. It, it it's kind of like you have you changed at all since you left here nearly 20 years ago. Well, him coming out and, you know, complaining about the process makes you wonder, like, well, well, it seems like you still hate the Bengals and you're still bitter toward the Bengals. And, like, why should you then be rewarded with the ring of honor? Oh, because because of what you did here on the field? Well, isn't it more than that? To me it is, but I don't vote and, I, I you know, the fans will make their decision. I would think if you want to get – a little bit closer to that ring of honor, you should be a lot nicer to the people who are voting instead of trashing them, trashing the process. Yeah, you're absolutely right because at one point I'm thinking, hey, yeah, this would be a great honor for him. He definitely statistically deserves it. And then you go back and you look at, okay, does he really deserve it the way he treats the franchise? He trashes the fans, trashes the city, also provided some embarrassing moments for the fan base, for the franchise. And this guy is complaining that he's not anywhere close to the Hall of Fame or the Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I think what? he's got it wrong. He, I, I don't know what world he's living in, but you know, he's similar to Bob Huggins making it about himself. Yeah, I mean, and also I think it's just kind of funny to think, and it's not not funny, haha, but just sort of funny in the sense that you know oh now like he's saying and this is Corey Dillon saying that oh like this should be in the hands of the ownership or the front office should be making this decision on ring of honor now wait a minute this is the same ownership the same people who ran the franchise 20 some years ago when he was playing here Katie Blackburn Mike Brown uh Troy Blackburn the same people who were at the top then are the same people at the top now and you know he constantly uh, embarrassed them and criticized them, and uh, constantly is not probably a little too strong, but uh, you know over over the course of his career in Cincinnati uh, was critical of that same front office. But now you want them to make the decision, so now you want to you 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 want a favor from them, and yet you, these are the same folks that you were highly critical of, and obviously ultimately demanded a trade from. And, uh, you know, he said you would rather flip burgers than play for them. Like, and now you want a favor from them. Like, and it's kind of like ultimately, and I think the the overriding message of my column was like the Bengals organization, the fans don't owe him anything. Um, I mean, I don't, I, on the flip side, I don't think he doesn't owe them anything, but it's just kind of like, just, uh, maybe not say anything at all and it'll all work out and you'll get in there and you'll get honored uh, during halftime and get the jacket or whatever they give out. Get your name on the facade of the stadium and uh, maybe uh, it would all work out in the end, but it just, it seems, it seems really awkward now um, that if that were to happen, and again, we we're talking about Huggins earlier, like 
maybe time heals, maybe five years from now he gets in or something uh, in the ring of honor. And it's, it's all like, uh, you know, people forget, especially in today's news cycle. Um, but I don't know. Just I, I still doesn't necessarily make it right what he said. Yeah, I don't see Corey Dillon making the ring of honor anytime soon. You were nominated, so if somebody was putting you up, now you've in since probably a core group of people who voted for you, so they're probably not going to vote for you. So forget about yeah. that. You're not going to be honored, and you're not going to be remembered. I'm sure there's not going to be pictures of Corey Dillon, you know, all across Paul Brown Stadium. I'm sorry, Paycor Stadium. Got to get it right. Yeah, I got to get it right. I'm still not calling it that. I'm still not calling it that. Um, the same way is, you know, we're not going to see Bob Huggins court. We're not going to see Bob Huggins court yeah. at, you know, anytime soon, if ever now, because you know, how do you honor someone who is uh, in direct conflict with you? You, know, you want to honor him, but at the same time, both of these individuals are in direct conflict with the people who would rather you maybe take a step back and yep. let time do its thing and then bring you back and honor you and, and remember you with uh, fondness. But, yeah, I don't think that's possible for either one of them. And yeah, the only good thing that's happening here now is it's great content for us, but we don't want that kind of content. We, we actually – I don't think anybody who really cares is giddy with joy that these things are happening right now. No, I, I, I agree with it. Um... You know, I certainly think that, um, you know, the whole concept of time healing everything. Well, you think like Corey Dillon's been gone from Cincinnati since what they traded him for the 04 season. So nearly 20 years. And, uh, you know, they haven't really heard much from him. Do you think, oh, time will heal? Well, I think it would have been fine if he had not done an interview or said something to, you know, a reporter. And just kind of laid low and let the voting happen, and ultimately, I think it would have happened. And uh, and now you're kind of like, oh, maybe time doesn't heal. And certainly, you, you think like, I mean, this is this is scorched earth stuff from uh, to me from Corey Dillon, and and you look at, look at Bob Huggins, like, I mean, that is really scorched earth stuff. And it's kind of like it's going to take, I think, a long time for those wounds to heal. And certainly, I don't. I mean, I, I think this this Huggins thing could drag out for a while. And, you know, how long is it going to drag out for? And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, um, you know, I mean, I guess it's, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Bob Huggins doesn't, Yeah, I, I will say this. I don't think he's a guy who really gives a crap about uh, getting his name on the court necessarily. So um, I'm not sure that that's a big deal to him. I don't know if in five years or Ten years from now, the Bob Huggins is going to talk to a reporter and say, "You know what? They haven't put my name on the court yet, and I'm really mad." I I don't see him. I don't think he's that kind of guy. Um, but uh, again, it not anything. Uh, they wouldn't surprise me if it did happen. <laughs> you know, if some reporter calls him up in five years and this is all settled in the next few months, and you know, time has passed and some reporter calls him and there's been no, you know, honor of him or anything in that time period. And then he says something like, yeah, I'm hurt by it. I think it's ridiculous. And we solved all that. Look at all the good things I did for West Virginia University. I took him to a final four and raised all that money for cancer research and raised all the, you know, awareness for uh, the university and all that stuff and all the good things he did. But the, the, the crazy thing is, is that 
all that stuff right now is overshadowed by uh, the things that have happened, uh, not not just, you know, what happened here on the radio or what happened in Pittsburgh, but when you lump all those things together um, and then what's happened in the last few days, uh, it's just like that's some, that's some deep, deep stuff that uh, I think is going to take uh, a long time uh, for everyone to get over and be like, okay, all right, it's all good now. Time has passed and everyone has apologized or have had their moment of, Hey, you know, we've, we've talked it out and yeah, we weren't real. We, yeah, we should have done this a little differently. And Bob says I should have done this a little differently. You know, maybe in time, if that, all those conversations happened and I don't know, maybe, but I, I, like Bob Huggins isn't, uh, isn't really the kind of guy that I could see sitting there thinking about that right now. Like, well, doggone it, my, I'm not going to get my name on the court. Like, he just, uh, you know, he, he's not, he just, at least the Bob that I know, and I had him on my podcast, uh, was it last summer or summer before that I did the Inquirer. And, uh, you know, he's really still the same guy that I knew from 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I just don't see him sitting there that, that that's what he's worried about that. Oh, I'm going to get my name in the hall of fame or in the, in the, or he's in the basketball hall of fame, obviously, but get a building named after me or the court named after me or the new arena someday named after me. I don't think he's really worried about that. From the Cincinnati Inquirer, huge herd fan as well. Jason Williams, when you coming in Albany game, is that, we're going to see you. Yeah, I'll be I'll be there for that game. Uh, I'm bummed. I am so bummed. I am not going to be at the Virginia Tech game because uh, that's uh, going to be uh, the University of Cincinnati's first Big 12 game against Oklahoma, and uh, I am already uh, very uh, upset about that. But uh, I'll be at most of the hurt uh, home games this year. Seriously, I mean Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Marshall, Virginia Tech. Come on, really? Uh, trust me, like. There are a few games that I'm like, well, I, I'm really down about. I just sort of put this together a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really bummed about it. And I'm like, ooh, should I like, ah, is there a way to get out? Like, yeah, no, I just can't. Like, <laughs> it's just it's the Bearcats' first uh, first uh, Big 12 game. It happens to be it's not Iowa State or Baylor. It's Oklahoma, so I uh, got to be there for it. That's their first. Uh, Big 12. Well, it's their first Big 12 game. It happens to be at home in Nipper Stadium. So, uh, the sports columnist of the newspaper, the daily newspaper in town, has to be at that one. <laughs> if only there was an afternoon newspaper, you guys could split that work. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have a Sunday paper then, so I'd be good to go. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. From the Cincinnati Inquirer and a huge herd fan. And, of course, uh, plenty of ties to bring him back home. He is Jason Williams. I'm glad we could do this. I want to do this some more. I absolutely um, love the fact that, you know, we know the same people. We've been following each other for years, and we finally got a chance to do it, and we're going to do it some more, and then we can privately talk about all the people we know together. So that will be an off-air conversation we'll have, and um, they'll all wonder what we're saying about him as, uh, as we go to break. Thanks for doing it, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. I'll, I'll look. Uh, thanks. I look forward to it. I appreciate it. And I'll look forward to uh, your post-game call-in shows, which are always a real treat on my way home from Huntington to Cincinnati. So okay. I, I always, always enjoy listening to you. I'm going to ask. I need a quick review of those since I really – I black out sometimes after I do those because it's so you – know, if, if the herd loses, you know how it goes. 
Oh, yeah. It's intense taking all those calls and you're doing it all on your own and you do the text message thing now and the tweets and um, I think you do a great job and uh, congratulations on being the uh, West Virginia Sportscaster of the Year and, uh, you know, if, you know, people, and I didn't know this until you just told me this, but, you know, I fill in on uh, 700 WLW here. You know, we have a whole team of people. I, I just got to go in there and talk. Uh, but you do it all. You do the ads. You you put you put the phone calls on the on the radio. You do the talking. Uh, you know, you you do the commercials. Everything. Uh, and so I got a lot of respect for that. And uh, I hope how uh, I, I know I know the the listeners uh, appreciate that about you. If you want to write a column and uh, we'll forward that to the boss, maybe I can get a raise here. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> just you know, just point that out. All the great things I do, and and we can get that. We can get that framed, and I'll, I'll get. Well, that. I, 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 hey, I, you keep, keep, uh, keep talking about herd football and talking about facilities and having Christian Spears on and uh, the folks from uh, the university talking about the improvements and uh, all the all the good things that are happening with uh, you know everything around football. Because to me, like I said earlier on, everything revolves around football. And, uh, you know, you got to, you got to keep, uh, in, and I know people in Huntington and the greater area there, Southeast Ohio appreciate it, but you got to keep, uh, uh, the football tradition alive. And because, uh, that 75 and the, tr- the, the generations of fans and my, my sons are, are 10 and six are going to games with me now. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal to keep, you know, to keep the to keep them learning about that and understanding what herd football is about, and um, that 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 tradition and that um, just knowing what it where 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 it's come from uh, never uh, people don't lose sight of that. And uh, so you play a very important role in helping people uh, to understand that. Too kind. Very kind. Thank you. I'll get you back in Thank here you. soon. And you know what? If you're going to be in Huntington, um, I'm just going to say this right now. Um, there might have to be an on-stage appearance eventually. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. You know, you, there's plenty of other guests you could have besides me, but uh, uh, certainly you're very kind, and I'm always happy to uh, come on with you. And uh, if I can brag about herd football anytime, I'm happy to do that. Let's do it. We'll do it again soon. That is... Jason Williams from the Cincinnati Enquirer. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll wrap this one up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Tomorrow is going to be a busy show. We're going to talk Charleston Dirty Birds. We have our scheduled call in with Eden Douglas from the Dirty Birds. Get you caught up in everything that's happening with the team and the latest promotions and events. So you can enjoy some summer baseball in the capital city with the Dirty Birds. And, of course, we're going to talk Marshall baseball in between all of that. First of all, good news. Marshall University junior pitcher Zach Atkinson drafted with the 461st pick, 15th round today. So congratulations to him. And then yesterday, junior pitcher Patrick Copen selected by the Los Angeles Dodgers with the 220th pick, the seventh round. That was yesterday. So we're going to talk to both of them. 
will work. Aiden and all of that. That's going to be our busy show tomorrow. Stay tuned. Baseball all day tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Speaking of baseball, we've got the All-Star Game. It's coming up tonight. 7 o'clock is going to be our airtime. Did you watch the Home Run Derby yesterday? I still like the Home Run Derby better than I like the All-Star Game. But I don't know if I like the format. They sped it up, and I get it. You want to try to get this thing going. It's television-friendly. But I think the spectacle of the Home Run Derby in person probably is more exciting than the way it looked on TV. I didn't like the split screening. I just felt like it was a little haphazardly produced, that broadcast. I like watching it just go out. And now it was a speed race. Swing, crack, load up again. Swing, crack. I really just like the spectacle of the home run. It's a big deal when you hit a home run. When you knock one out, it's fun just to watch and enjoy it. But I didn't get that vibe yesterday. But it still looks like it's more of an in-person event that's more fun. And I'm sure the hectic pace of trying to get those things in three-minute time limit you get the extra time if you can hit a couple of those past a certain range. That was cool. But at the end of the day, I don't know if I wanted to see a longer home run derby. I guess I would be cool with that. That's going to do it for this edition. Don't forget, All-Star Game coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I want to thank from the Cincinnati Inquirer, friend of the program, and longstanding herd fan, Jason Williams, we appreciate him for being a part of our festivities today. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. Don't forget, podcast available on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a great night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.